0: Alrighty, folks, it is the end of February, and that means it is officially the end of CMMC public comments. On February 26th, uh, the deadline passed for the public to submit their comments on the 32 CFR CMMC proposed rule that we got at the end of December. So in this episode, we're going to talk about What's going to happen next? What should people be expecting now that the comment period has closed? What's going to happen? What should they do to plan? What should they think? What should they anticipate? But first, some housekeeping. Uh, v- v- very quickly, it's going to be CS2 Boston time. The first week in April, April 3rd and 4th. CS2 Boston, the premier, the largest, the longest running uh, uh One of the most popular conferences specifically tailored to topics to help the DIB understand and facilitate their compliance requirements with DFARS, NIST, CMMC, and all the rest. Uh, The agenda is up on the website, which we will link below. Podcast listeners get access to a discount code for registration. Summit UP BOSTON, all capital letters, also in the episode description below. So be sure to use that. We've already seen a number of people registering with that code, so thank you very much. Uh, so use that code, tell them that we sent you and uh, check out the agenda for CS2 Boston. We'll also link to uh, one of our episodes that we just recently did covering the summary of the topics that we'll be talking about on the agenda at CS2 Boston. So be sure to check it out. It's going to be here before you know it.
1: Much. What an intro. Uh, much like. uh, uh when football season ends and we have that lull period before the first pitch of spring training, you're like, what am I going to do with myself? Like uh, as I eat Cheetos on a beanbag chair at my house and uh, (laughs) you're not, you're not, you're not going to run at the combine. You're going to eat Cheetos on a beanbag. (laughs) Right. And so, you know, we get the spring training and then there's that, that lull period. So we're, we're kind of in that lull period when it comes to CMMC, you know, the, the comment period is ended for the rule. And we are kind of, what is the next big event? What is our spring training first pitch? And I think that it's great that for this episode, we're actually going to take in and see what the timeline is. You know, we know it's three weeks from Super Bowl champion being crowned and saying they're going to Disneyland until pitchers and uh, catchers report, right? So how many weeks until the CMMC pitchers and catchers report, Jacob? That's right. That's right. Well, yeah, lull between seasons eye of the storm
0: where all of a sudden you can see the sky but then the second half of the storm is getting ready to come you can pick your metaphor i have a quick question you said that people would go to disneyland let us know in the comments below which one is superior disneyland or disney world i know what i think and i'm willing to fight people over the answer but let us know
1: and then we'll we'll talk about what you said in the next episode disneyland park world one park four parks I, i i mean i think the numbers speak for themselves sir yeah, well, you know, this is a this is a long debate so we'll have to save this
0: for uh, for a different episode. Anyways, comment period is over. So, just to recap, at, after 2 plus years of waiting, the CMMC proposed rule was published so on December 26th of 2023, Merry Christmas everybody. Then there was a 60-day public comment period following the publication of the rule. Standard fare for rulemaking that public comment period expired on February 26th of 2024. And much to the chagrin of industry who requested multiple times that the DOD would extend that comment period 30 days, 60 days, or sometimes even longer, the DOD outright rejected requests to extend that public comment period. So we are officially done with comments. So historically, as we've talked about in the past several times, It takes DOD on average 280 business days to go from publishing a proposed rule through all the red tape and various steps and things they have to do to publishing a final rule. So the big question is, when will that final rule be published? December 26th, 2023, plus 280 business days is February 12th of 2025 depending on when you're listening to this and depending on when you start counting and it, we're talking averages here. We're talking 11 months away from the time you're probably hearing this conversation. So, uh, you know, not very long when you consider how long it typically takes a company to kind of get up and running, get up to speed with the requirements, go from what we would call average to assessment ready 11 months until the publication of the final rule is not a lot of time. So, That's uh, sort of the, the, the big picture timeline of what's left to expect for the publication of the rule. However, like I said, between the publication of the proposed rule and the publication of the final rule, there's a bunch of red tape they have to cut through. That's just part of the rulemaking, the miracle of rulemaking, if you will. So the first thing that they're going to do is DOD has to adjudicate all of the public comments that they receive so at the time of this conversation we don't know what that total is there's a lag in when people submit their comments and when they're actually posted on the docket for the rule itself it yeah. Looks like, and, yeah. I mean, we don't know what the total number is. It'll be a couple of weeks before we get the final.
1: And whatever it says today, it's nowhere near that because every single person that we kind of predicted a couple of weeks ago, there was a lot of people that were last-minute submissions. Oh yeah. And some of those spike. submissions were very lengthy. So yeah. big um, spike at the end in comments for sure. Um, but
0: as part of that adjudication process, they have to formulate their responses to public comments. If you want to see an example of that, you can look in the proposed rule where they have their responses to public comments that were submitted in 2020. So when they say we're adjudicating and developing responses, that's what they mean. They're gonna come up with responses like the ones that are in the proposed rule to the 2020 comments
1: can they just look at a comment and say we're not going to even address this or they have to address every single one by law uh they
0: have to read all of them but they don't have to address all of them because as you can tell if you've gone through and sa- taken a uh, a sampling a a flight if you will of 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 public comments uh, a lot of them are not relevant to the rule itself uh, right. for instance Anyone who submitted a comment on the fact that CUI is marked, isn't marked, CUI is annoying, CUI is dumb, CUI program should go away. Not relevant to the CMMC program. Very related, but ultimately not the responsibility of the people who are reading your comments. Not within their ability to change or govern
1: or affect in any way. So there's a I lot just of didn't comments know- of scope. If it was going to be like the ones that were really in scope, they would give you know fluid answers to, and then the ones that weren't, it would kind of be like the Wendy's Twitter when they start like roasting people. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I don't sorry. know. I could. Can you imagine if if once once the Gen Z folks
0: and the Gen Alphas are in the machinery of government, maybe we'll start to see some creative uh, Wendy's Twitter, Arby's Twitter style responses in the Federal Register. But until then, we're probably going to get a uh, cold calculated legalistic, boring, uh, responses to the comments. They don't have to respond to anything. That's not relevant. They're going to group things together by theme. As you can tell with the responses of the proposed rule, sometimes they're a little more specific. Sometimes Mm -hmm. they leave a little bit to be desired. Uh, however, Uh, Beyond the adjudication and formulating responses, they will make uh, any relevant changes to the rule that they deem necessary. Now, the important part about this is don't overestimate the degree of change that can happen within a rule, because if the amount of change in a rule is too significant, then that means it's a new rule and that would have to go back through the rulemaking process so they oh can't just they can't just rip and replace like huge swaths of the rule or make massive changes to estimates and impact and things like that because then they have to start everything all over again and so that's part of the reason why rulemaking takes so long is because they go through all of that stuff before they publish it not in response to public comments after it's published now can things be tweaked? Okay. Can things be changed sure but just uh you know let's let's kind of like have some uh, some expectation management here there can be changes but they're not going to be like it's not going to be an entirely new rule whenever the final rule comes out it's going to be very close to what was published in the proposed rule
1: So from when I'm reading the comments, Jacob, I I see a lot of ask for clarification, right? So if they're asking in the rule to directly clarify something, that means more uh, elaborate explanation of whatever that rule states or a more clear perception. Is that considered like a major change to it if it's something that like alters? For example... And one of the cyber ABs comments and multiple other comments that I read um, had to do with the the consulting. We talked about this the consulting for CCIs and, and things like that. And they want to make sure that it's clear that you know CCIs can still teach, just don't consult while you teach, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. Is that something that you would consider as like a major change or is like minor? Yeah. Because like if, to me, in my mind, I think like minor would be like typographical errors or wording and things like that. And I think that that's more in depth in wording because it changes yeah. actually what a subpart's meant to do well, i think right, that's a, that I think that's an
0: important change but i wouldn't necessarily categorize that as something being a significant change because whether a cci can provide consulting services or not isn't really going to affect the number of people affected or the cost of the program or uh the overall Uh, roles and responsibilities governing the program, like these sort of big picture things Mm -hmm. that define the broad strokes of the rule, you know, whether you call it an OSC or an OSA or whether a CCI can teach a class or not, those are not really at the same level as we're going to touch 80,000 companies, we're going to touch 200,000 companies. Those are those are big changes that would require them to revise and change estimates and things like that. So I think they're going to be more on par with things like you're saying uh, and not, oh, uh, we're going to we're going to get rid of level three or we're going to introduce level 2.5 or big, big changes like that are, are, are not not going to be in the cards. So, um, OK, so on the public comments. Like we said there was a big influx in that last 24 to 48 hours of the comment period but still you know we're waiting to see what the final number is going to be uh, as their as the, the tallies are coming in but still the overall number of comments does not appear to be significantly larger than what they received in 2020 so they received around 750 comments uh, in 2020 and Uh, Despite all the hype, despite all of the attention, despite all the buildup, all the lead in, all the coverage, all the D-list social media influencers who didn't do anything but talk about rulemaking. uh, There's still, you know, about the same number, it seems, there's still about (laughs) the same number, it seems, of public comments, if maybe even less than they received in 2020. We do know that as far as total attention... Total, like, uh, you know, page views and other you know, helpful but not exact metrics, they seem to be lower than they were in 2020. Uh, and the reason that we bring this up is because the comment adjudication process is typically what takes the longest in this red tape series of steps. DOD has said that they started adjudicating on a rolling basis as comments came in over those 60 days. Uh, So there's reason to believe that that comment adjudication process won't take quite as long, especially since we know that the themes are all pretty tight. A lot of the stuff is not in scope, and they started adjudicating uh, at the beginning rather than at the end.
1: So we say this, and not saying that you are directly saying this like it's a bad thing, the comments are lower than expected. I actually think it's a good thing. Hear me out. I would much rather have 236 comments and six of them are deemed irrelevant or out of scope than 2,336 comments and yeah. 536 of them are deemed irrelevant out of scope, right? Because, right. A, the more comments, the more time is consumed till we get to a rule, and that's what the goal is here, right? right. And the other thing is, is that if you have that public outcry that you disagree with this or you disagree with that, You've had your opportunity. It's not like they said, shut up. You have to deal with this. No, you yes, could have said it something wasn't an if you chose not to.
0: Right, it was a proposed rule, yeah.
1: Right. Like, you didn't – I guess there wasn't enough fire for all the pitchforks or, or whatever, dude. I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's so, – you know,
0: it, it is I, – I was definitely surprised. I thought that they were going to absolutely crush the number of total comments received uh, by, you know, no question whatsoever. Uh, I thought it was just going to go absolutely gangbusters. And for them to sort of – Right at the end, maybe hit the same level. I was definitely surprised by that. Uh, I would imagine that DOD was probably surprised by that as well. I'm sure they were expecting an absolute tidal wave of comments to come in, which is why they started the adjudication process on a rolling basis rather than waiting at the end. Um, and I'm
1: not—I'm not a comment snob, right? Like I, I can't make a comment better than any other person. You know, I just can provide based on the criteria and the things that I know and the guidance that they give, right? Yeah. Um, but I—I'm not going to lie. There—there there was a lot that Initially when we were reading through them and they were put through there, I was like, Oh, wow, that's that's a pretty good point. Good yeah. point. Well and, put together comment. And then there were some where like, this isn't a comment, this is a what? A rant. Right. Yeah, big difference, big difference yeah. You comment
0: rant, but it is part of the democratic process, and so people are allowed to make their voice heard as they see fit. So, you know, go nuts, everybody. That was the chance. But to your point, they went by the book. They didn't do the interim final rule. Uh, waiver process where they publish a rule and it goes into effect before comments are received. So when the final rule comes out, the DOD gets to say, no, no, no. We went by the book. We let yep. everybody comment. We did everything that you're supposed to do. We heard what you had to say. We made these changes when we didn't hear our responses Bing bang dot the I's cross the T's good to go. Now what I will say is as far as the CMMC guidance documents go, The actual assessment guides, the scoping guides, the hashing guides, so on and so forth. Very few comments on the actual meat and potatoes of the CMC program. Most of the comments are on the 32 CFR governing rule about things like cost, external providers, cloud providers, CUI program, these sort of like big picture policy things aren't going to take dod very long to sort through especially when they're all very similar or even out of scope whereas the actual ticky tacky in the weeds details didn't really receive all that much attention at all so you know if you were to ask ron ross i know that we've talked to him in the past and we're going to talk about nist public comments uh next week on the 171 final draft they see this trend every time where when they release a nist document for initial comments they receive a bunch and then as they go through each subsequent draft to the final version they receive fewer and fewer comments and they take that as the document is getting closer and closer to what it needs to be so uh if it's true that we have the same or maybe even fewer comments than we did or even barely more than we received in 2020 then uh that might indicate that maybe the rules for the most part just fine because you didn't have eighty thousand comments you didn't have 200,000 comments, you had, you had, you know, 800, which is not, not really all that much. So um, the next step after the comment adjudication process.
1: Wait, wait. So maybe, do you think that like the strategy, you know, for these comments, and you can't speak for other people, but like, is to attack something at the highest point, because the effects of that change is enacted, right? trickle down through these because the complaints with the documents, the, the source documents and stuff like that are things to do with ESP scope and things to do with definition of CUI and whatever and what that means to it. So if you attack it at the programmatic level, right, then, then doesn't it just trickle downhill and get cascade? And hopefully if everything's working right and all the like pieces to the puzzle that have to change and adjust once you, I, I know I saw your face, right? Like it, hopefully everything's working, right? But like, if you make that change at that high level, then if all those other changes that are subsequently affected by that high level change take place, then you'd get the end result that you wanted, which was the, the right source documentation and the right programmatic implementation into the rule, right? That's a. Nice am I wrong
0: or am I crazy? That's a great, you know what, that's a wonderful story. And kids, for you uh, listening at home. Uh, Google trickle down economics. This is not an economics podcast. This is not a political podcast. I'm just saying the theory that you make big changes and they trickle down has been tried before in the government. Uh, it, had mixed, it had mixed results, and so maybe the why trick- haven't
1: they? Why <laughs> haven't they thought of this? Like
0: <laughs> <laughs> you might be onto something. The trickle down theory of c program reform to why I'm being asked to write a policy uh, will probably be about as effective as the. Uh, the economic policy of, of the U.S. government in decades past. Anyways, just what, circle
1: down the requirements. TM.
0: <laughs> Once you get past comment adjudication, which should be the biggest hurdle, then you have a couple of other steps in this red tape process. One mm-hmm. is internal DOD coordination and approval. There's a bunch of people inside the building that all get to sign off on stuff. Uh, they all get to sort of take their pound of flesh out of the process. This is a lot of the reason why getting to a proposed rule takes a really long time. But since they all signed off on the proposed rule and published it uh, with minor changes, getting the final rule signed off for internal coordination shouldn't take all that long. Once it gets done with internal coordination, the lines get a little blurry about what the next steps and phases are. One of them is what's known as interagency review. Other agency customers and stakeholders and observers and whoever inside the machinery of government get to see the rule. Where that line is between interagency review and what we would call OMB review, Office of Management and Budget Review, is hard to delineate because of the mysteries of the rulemaking process. But essentially it's just a bunch of people that get to read the rule and comment on it and sort of do the thing. Now, under the umbrella of OMB review is what people will probably be most familiar with if you were paying attention back in the fall of 2023, we often refer to this as regulatory review. What's up?
1: Wait, so when you say interagency review, would uh, the, the agencies that come in and review this rule, these would be people that particularly have an interest in this or it could be potentially be stakeholders. Would this also be other agencies that are particularly, or are, are potentially thinking about adopting cybersecurity regulations similar to this? Sure would. Yeah, it would be uh, the GSAs of the world, Perhaps the
0: DHSs of the world, the Department of Interiors of the world, the VAs of the world get to see it and talk about it. Also, things like our organizations like the DOJs of the world with their ideas about what should happen, as we've talked about in the past. It's a weird dink that the requirement to maintain assessment results uh, matches the statute of limitations for the False Claims Act. So... Maybe, you know, DOD says we don't really care. You have to keep your records for three years until your next assessment. And DOJ rolls in and they go, well, statute of limitations is six years, so make it six. And then they fight and then they negotiate and then they change it to six uh, as one example of, you know, interagency review. So under the umbrella of OMB review, this is all what we would call regulatory review. And the one that really matters is when the rule goes to a organization known as OIRA. This is an office inside of OMB. It stands for the Office of Information and Regulatory Affairs. These are the folks who work for OMB, who are checking the dots on the I's, checking the crosses on the T's. They're doing the proofreading. They're doing the last analysis. They're the last gatekeepers before the rules get sent over to the Federal Register for publication and let loose into the wide world out there. That OIRA review process takes 90 days, uh, standard fare per executive order, as we've talked about in the past. And then once it's done with that OIRA review, and then all of the red tape involved with that, then it goes to the Federal Register for publication. And just to summarize and get back to the point, to go from a proposed rule through all of that stuff to a published final rule on average takes DOD 280 business days. So when we say we expect things to be done in Q1 of 2025, it is inclusive of all of these red tape steps from the time that public comments end until the publication of the final rule. So uh, Q1 of 2025 is what the historical data uh, suggests uh, would occur. Now, however, there is one caveat. Because this is what is known as a major rule, because it affects a lot of companies, because it costs a lot of money at the large macro scale of the total rule itself, there's an extra piece of red tape that you have to get through. Anytime a major rule is published, Congress gets 60 days to review the rule under what's known as the Congressional Review Act. So if you tack on 60 days from mid-February, you end up sometime in April of 2025, which as of the time of this conversation is at the end of the public comment period for CMMC, is just over 13 months away. And the reason why I highlight this is once you get through with congressional review, the rule is published, the rule is on the books, the rule is in black and white. There are no more comments. There are no more rules. There is no more red tape. There are no more reviews. It's done. It's done. The program is now effective. The program is now live. This is now something that we're referring to as the market rollout of CMMC, in contrast to what DOD talks about in the proposed rule as a phase rollout. All of DOD's estimates about when CMMC will start to roll out is when they expect to insert the CMMC clause in contracts in phases over multiple years. But once the CMMC program is live, when the 32 CFR rule is done, you can go to a C3 PAO and pay money for an assessment because the program is real. You're just not being required by DOD to do it. So there's going to be a big gap between the rollout of market forces and the eventual staggered rollout of contract clauses to the point where, you know, I've been telling people the DOD's estimated rollout essentially doesn't even matter at this point because if there's a gap between those two rules as it looks like there will be as we've talked about in the past the only thing that people really need to look at is when is this final rule going to be published when is it going to be effective should be published in 11 months q1 should be effective in 13 months done as done can be uh sometime maybe in april of 2025 and then that's all she wrote and then CMMC. then we're into the next chapter of
1: CMC actually occurring. So there's only two things that could make this complete in the end. One, it happens on Easter and it's the resurrection of cybersecurity into the defense industrial base. <laughs> two, I know that's a little steep. Please, people don't. Yeah, hate yeah me. I mean, you know, it works. Or two, it happens on April Fool's Day and it just fits because of just the way that this has gone. Um, or it happens on tax day when it's like pay up. So there's like actually three. I just threw the, th- the third in there. There you go. Yeah. Wild card. Um, So those are the things that if everything goes to scale, and I think that at some point, and maybe not today, we want to speculate a little bit, stir the pot a little bit, figure out what could happen to make this go faster. Also, if there's anything that you think could make this go slower, I'd like to pick your brain on it. Like, what do you see you know, that's coming up. And, and I think that everybody would uh, appreciate that as well. Yeah. Well,
0: you know, we've been known to stir the pot from time to time. So what I'll say Just is every, every there is a long, we're, we're <laughs> <laughs> producer, <laughs> Dustin, give us pot stirring handles for, for the thumbnail. Um, so what I'll say is we'll link to a GAO report that talks about all of these steps and phases, what has to happen for rulemaking congressional review act, all of that stuff. If you want a summary of what to expect between the end of comments and the publication of the rule, it's a great resource. However, that GAO report isn't about just those things. That GAO report is about something called midnight rulemaking, which is the phenomenon where administrations publish way more rules in their final year than the other three years of their administration. Uh, And that's the basis for our estimate that we think the rule might go a little faster than Q1 of 2025. But like you said, that's our speculation. This episode is just about what the data suggests, what the steps and phases are, what to expect on a vanilla level for you to be able to inform your leadership, your board, your decision-makers, your pets, whoever you're talking to about this stuff. Um, that's what's going on now that comments are done. One last note here uh, to remember, DoD isn't going to be saying anything about the rule, right? They released their just fabulously interesting and dynamic video <laughs> that we'll link to below uh, a 40 minute summary of the rule. That's probably all we're going to get. The major prime contractors do not have webinars, they don't really have any material on this stuff. The DOD still blows my mind, out. dude. Still They're not out there, mind. you know, going to town halls, going to different events whistle stop train tour spreading the word around the land about the rule. They're gonna basically be all quiet until we get to the rule being published. So be sure to keep tuning into the podcast and listening to our content because we're gonna be tracking what all those steps are the best that we can, but you're not gonna hear anything from DoD or probably from your customers until the other shoe drops in 11 to 13 months.
1: So DoD really is, During the comment. So during the comment period, they couldn't they couldn't make any public comments, right? Or during the entire rulemaking process until it goes final. Well, specifically during the comment period, they definitely won't have any events or anything, because
0: if they take questions and comments, they have to document it all in their adjudication process. I would imagine that now that the comment period is over, they still won't say anything because we saw the same thing happen before the rule was published, where they just gradually got quieter and quieter and quieter about the rule. They got it out on the street. They met their goal. And so what else do you need to know? They left it open for comments. They had it published. They put out their video. You know, as we talked about in the past, the DoD is very bad about they'll put information out once. And then if there's no update, they're like, well, we put the information out. What more do you want from us? And as we know, you have to continuously beat the drum because not everybody tunes in every week. Not everybody saw your video. Not everybody sees all your stuff. There's new people entering the ecosystem all the time. So you have to to keep telling people the same thing. And that's just not the way that they really operate. So I would be stunned if the DoD made a, a 180 and then just started going circa 2019, 2020 DoD mode where they were on 17 webinars a week and they were just everywhere, all the time, talking about this stuff. I, I think wasn't
1: thinking gonna... that, but I was thinking maybe like the DoD and the Primes get together, like uh, when Michael Jackson got the people together for We Are the World, right? And they all get together and they do like a <laughs> one, don't know, one time webinar. Dude,
0: we'll link to the we'll link to the video. But no, you
1: get know. what I'm saying? You get them together, and then they just put one of and I trying to be funny there, but being serious at the same we are time. The
0: world, Michael Jackson. Yeah. Do you know that in six years, the- name
1: the last collab effort that was for the better of the world? And then I'll go with that one bono did something maybe but still like what i'm saying is is that maybe it's just hey we just want to have one definitive voice moving forward that's why we haven't heard from the primes they were waiting for the dod to be able to participate in the party right they were waiting for the dod to turn 21 now everybody's going out and we're going to celebrate like I don't well, know. well i'll end with this since we're doing 80s references
0: within <laughs> in six years the 80s will be 50 years ago so go ahead and uh let that one sink in everybody and uh we'll see you next week it's,
1: it's tough to swallow see you next week